Today, we are going to talk about when to outsource. Now, you can outsource in your business, you can outsource in your life, your personal life. Um, I've actually got a few stories to tell in this space because um, I'm a big fan of outsourcing, but when I first started to outsource, I did it all wrong. So look, I hope that by sharing what I know about outsourcing and what works for me now and what hasn't worked for me, that hopefully you can get some insights and uh, yeah, figure out the best way to utilize the power of outsourcing. Here we go. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello, hello, it's Josephine here. And today we are going to talk about the topic of when to outsource. Now, there's a lot to be said here because, you know, it's so busy these days, right? It's so busy and outsourcing is a beautiful way to give yourself back some time, but it also has to be the right time for you to, to jump in and, and start to outsource. Um, and the way you outsource needs to be something that you consider carefully because I've done this. I've been outsourcing for years and I'm going to go through what I outsource. But um, before I do that, I just wanted to talk about the start of my outsourcing journey. So I started being in business many, many years ago. Um, specifically, though, a few years back, I was doing everything myself. And I mean everything from the household chores through to every single piece of my business. I was, you know, in relation to my programs, my theater programs. I was the teacher, the administrator, the bookkeeper. Um, you know, I was all the things. Um, in my home life, I was the mum, the, you know, the cleaner, the cook all the things. And then it came to a point where everything started to get super stagnant. I mean, I had my talent agency that I was starting as well. I was packing all the kits for entertainers. I was literally a headless chook. And I think I got to a breaking point where I'm like, okay, if I'm ever going to grow this business, because I started to really plateau, like I think the revenue on my business and the stress levels I had were basically it, it leveled out and was consistently high stress 
and no increase in revenue for a good couple of years. And then I thought, okay, if I'm going to change anything here, I need to start getting help because I can't do everything on my own. So I need to start outsourcing. So prior to that, I was even running my own Facebook advertising. Um, you know, I would do courses and learn how to do everything like, you know, software for, for account keeping, all of it. And then I'm like, okay, no, this is too much. Okay. So how I started my journey into outsourcing was I first started with my programs, my theater programs and performing arts programs. I first started by hiring some teachers. First, I hired an assistant teacher who was with me in the class. Then I trained her into becoming the actual teacher teacher. Um, and that was great because I was like, oh, that's nice. But even then I'd still show up to the studio and open up and be present. So yeah, you know, I might've been outsourcing, but I was still around, you know? And so eventually I got to a point where I hired teachers and I trained them up really well. And now several years later, I've got a team of like, I think nine or 10 coaches now, um, 10 coaches and I actually don't teach anymore. So all of my coaching and teaching services are, are through employees that I've trained up and now teach. Amazing. Tick. Step one. <laughs> the next thing I did um, was I hired an administrative assistant who helped me with sales in my agency and for entertainment bookings. She was fantastic and she was lovely and all the things. I hired her um, as a part-time employee. The problem was not, it was of no fault of her own. It was actually me not thinking through all of the financials because, you know, creative brain over here. Um, so... I did an analysis after having her for several months with the help of my husband because he's like a financial analyst and he's like, are you actually making money with this woman doing the bookings for you? I'm like, yeah, for sure. She's made like 50 bookings this season. But he's like, yeah, but you're not bringing home any more money. And, and why is that? Why is it that you've got 50 bookings this holiday season for entertainment? Literally 50 bookings but you're not bringing home more money. He said, that just doesn't make sense to me. Let's crunch the numbers. And I'm like, wow, yes, finally, my husband, who's a financial analyst, <laughs> is going to help me crunch the numbers, um, which he never does. So I'm like, yes, great. So he did. And he's like, okay, Joe, you're actually losing money by having her. She might be getting you 50 bookings, but the cost of her wages, the cost of when you include her superannuation, her sales bonuses, all of this stuff that you've, you've set up for this employee, you're actually doing all of those 50 events for no money. Now, I know that seems really obvious to people that just get that side of things, the accounting side of things, and I am not... Um, I am, you know, an intelligent person and I get numbers, but it's because I was so time poor and so focused on the growth and getting more bookings and more bookings and more revenue that I forgot the key element 
And the key point of all of this, which was profit. So I was really just inflating my revenue, which was inflating my ego and going, yeah, we got 50 bookings, but I wasn't making more money. So when I realized that I was working like a dog for like the same amount of money and wasn't bringing anything extra home and it was actually costing me money in the end, I went, right, that doesn't work. She was lovely and all the things, but the way I had employed her and the way I'd set it up was set up to fail. I mean, I think she even asked for a pay increase at one point because she was doing so well. I'm like, yeah, you get a pay increase without, again, crunching those numbers, which sounds ridiculous in hindsight. And it's something I would never do now after experience. But, you know, when this was my first time hiring someone in sales and admin, my very first hire and quite a few years ago now. And um, I didn't do the legwork in the planning financially around her role, her contribution and what it would cost and what it was worth to me and the return of investment. But anyway, I've learned from that and we've moved on. So anyway, after that, I I actually had to let her go because I realized that I couldn't afford to keep her and my bookings went down. So we went from having 50 bookings in the school holidays for children's entertainment events through my agency to having like I don't know, 10 that I got myself, but I was making more money. I was making more money with 10 than 50. Anyway, so I let her go and that was fine. And she was really nice about it and just couldn't afford to keep her really. Um, Eventually I hired, I, I had a break from hiring admin people and I went back to doing all the things and I found it really overwhelming. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. I, I bet you I can hire someone. I just need to do it well. So the next time I hired someone, um, I was far more strategic in my approach. And that was great because now I had someone who was doing the jobs and tasks that would help me free up my time so that I could, um, you know, increase our revenue, but also our profit margin, which was super important. The only thing is I hired someone who wasn't, she was, you know, an older lady, um, which was beautiful and she was very um, responsible and mature and I loved that about her and very diligent and she worked really hard. She did her best, but she just didn't have the, uh, like, what do you call it? Technical skills, I guess. She She was computer literate, but really didn't grasp everything that we need in today's world, like social media and things like extra tasks that I wanted her to pick up. And she just wasn't able to do it. She just didn't have the knowledge, confidence or skill set. And I could have trained her, but I could tell it was beyond the scope of what she may be able to achieve or want to achieve. So um, we ended up parting ways after a couple of months. And again, I was like, all right, now I know what I need. <laughs> I need someone who's computer savvy, really gets the online market and is going to help me with my customers, respond to email inquiries, you know, all the things um, and just be a bit more savvy. 
in that space. Like if I need them to, you know, whip up a digital document and send it off to a printer, they just get it. Use Canva, for example, things like that. So my third admin hire, this is like a couple of years on because I'm like, I'm taking my time now (laughs) to figure it all out, was spot on. She was great. And I'm like, yes, I finally nailed this. And this was probably about two years ago now. I finally nailed this hiring thing, right? She stayed with me for a year. She was beautiful. Um, I was only hiring her part-time and she wanted a full-time role, which I couldn't offer her at the time. So she did end up moving on, but she graciously stayed on to train up um, a new person. She she did a beautiful handoff um, and it went really well. And now I've got like Zena, who I call my wizard. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. Um, she works with me. She does all of the technical side of things. She does a bit of editing. You know, she's got videography skills. She's social media savvy. She does our social media posts and she's also um, responding to my clients' emails, which is great. So she's now become our customer, customer experience and content manager which is what I needed all along. So that worked out really well. Um, So that was the admin side. So now we've got our coaches doing all the classes and now we have an administrative assistant and person that looks after our customers and content. This is great. I also um, was doing my Facebook marketing by myself. Um, What I found though was, that I wasn't getting any traction. So I'd spend all this money on Facebook ads, but I wasn't getting any return. And I did, you know, online courses, how to, how to, you know, create effective Facebook advertisements and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I just was not interested. I hate creating Facebook ads. It is not my wheelhouse. I don't want to do it. I don't mind creating the video content for the ad. I don't mind coming up with some copy um, to help my digital marketer. But when it comes to the actual scheduling and like testing and making, there's a lot involved. You've got to test each image, test each video, test the copy, which combination is getting the best results. Yada, 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 not my wheelhouse. And so I could spend days trying to set up one campaign, which may have led to zero leads or one lead, but I still have to pay Facebook for all of these clicks that aren't actually converting. So I said, right. So um, I've gone through now two digital marketers. My first one was good. But um, and she was lovely and all that jazz, but she wasn't um, she wasn't communicating with me on the report side. So, yes, she was good, but I didn't know what the reporting was or the um, conversion rates were so that I just felt like I'm spending so much money. You know, I might be spending any over a thousand dollars on on this person per month. So I want I want that report. So anyway, I ended up moving across to another digital marketer. Love her, had her now for quite some time and um, she's high communication, sends me reports. I know she flags when something's not working or if we need to change something, she'll give me a call. Hey, Joe, letting you know, look, we've flogged this video for a month now. You've really got to get me some new content. 
what can we use? Send me some stuff. Hey, what about we try this style or this isn't working, Joe? Maybe we should try this style of lead generation. And I love that because it's making me accountable for creating new content and making sure that she's got what she needs to get the job done. And it makes sure that we get leads and conversions, which we now do. So when I did it myself, it was not going so well. Then I moved on to someone who was good, but I didn't know what the conversion rates were and, and probably could use a bit more communication. Now we're on to our second digital marketer and we're moving, we've moved away from me doing the job and she's great. And I'm very happy with the results, high communication, good conversion rates. When it's not working, she's telling me and we're having a conversation about how we can improve it. And that's all you can do, right? So, um, so yeah, so we've talked about what sort of didn't work for me. We've talked about how I started my journey into outsourcing, how I've um, got people teaching my courses, how I've got a marketing, um, you know, our marketing manager, digital marketer. I've got an administrative assistant who works in supporting my customers and editing and sorting my content. Um She also posts on our social media just for, you know, brand awareness and all that jazz. And then I looked at, right, so now I feel like we've got a good level. Oh, by the way, I used to do all my accounts. I forgot to mention that. I got an accountant, but I was still doing all the bookkeeping. I'm not a bookkeeper. (laughs) So bad that I even had zero for two years and all I used it was was for payroll because I had no time to learn the platform so that I could implement, um, you know, all the other function of Xero. There's so many functions that you can use in Xero accounting software. And all I was using it was for payroll, which is ridiculous. But again, I was so time poor, or didn't have the, the drive to learn the platform. So anyway, now I have a bookkeeper. Yay! I got my bookkeeper actually not long ago, only about six months ago, maybe a little bit more, six to eight months, something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) how I did all of this stuff on my own. No wonder I was highly stressed. I was overworked. um, And also I wasn't growing. I wasn't pursuing Um, creative projects. Like for example, doing this podcast 24 months ago would have been impossible. I just simply wouldn't have had the headspace to even come up with the idea, you know, engage anyone about the idea or execute it because I would have been too exhausted and bogged down in the daily grind of my business. Your business shouldn't be a job, it's, it's like, yes, of course you have work, but it's not like a job working for someone else. And that is what I had created for myself. Actually, Jane Gretsch says this beautifully um, in episode two of this podcast. If you flick back to episode two and listen to Jane Gretsch, she, she created a job as well for herself at one point. And now, you know, it's about life by design, right? So, so that's something that's taken me a while to get to, but yes, a bookkeeper. Oh, 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Best thing since sliced bread. Highly recommend it. If you don't have a bookkeeper, go get a bookkeeper. Okay. Um, and yeah, so, so it's funny actually, because one of my staff said to me once, I don't know how you did all of this, Joe, before you hired anyone. Like there's so much work to do. Like, how did you do all of this? And yeah, that was through a bit of blood, sweat and tears, I tell you. But anyway, you know, I digress. We move on. Um, so yeah, so so like I said, with the Facebook marketing, having a professional who really gets it um, has improved my results. So outsourcing is not just about saving you time, but it can also improve your results and and help you grow. And that's what you want to do after time, right? And we have grown. So that's been a beautiful thing. And it's also given me the space to think about, you know, how I present my my business model, how I present um, my membership models and all of that stuff, which has been great because I've been able to fine tune and systemize things that previously I just didn't have the space to do. Um, Now, we've talked about outsourcing in business. But another place that you can outsource is also in your personal life. So once I got the business side sorted, I I basically started looking at my personal life and things that would help. So, for example, um, I have a cleaner that comes once a fortnight. Uh, We did have her coming weekly, but felt like we could probably pull back on that a little bit. Um, Once a month is not enough for me. Once a fortnight is a little bit of a sweet spot for me. Um, I love having a cleaner. I didn't have a cleaner during COVID for the four-month lockdown, whatever, and I really missed her. (laughs) So, you know, again, some people might think that's a bit lavish or whatever, but I don't want to clean all the time. Like, I don't want to do that. I want someone to do it for me and it's great. It's given me my life back on Sundays because Sundays used to be the big clean day. And now that I've got a cleaner, it's not the big clean day. It's the tidy day. And then I go, eh, the cleaner will be here next week. We'll be, she'll be right. So, you know, we just tidy up and keep the house neat, neat for the week. And then she comes and I'm like, yay, she's made everything better. So a cleaner is great. I highly recommend a cleaner um, or anything you need. It actually, it actually, look it saved my marriage I mean we were we were in in the trenches of Sundays doing the household chores who wants to do that like now we actually get to have family day and actually enjoy that time together which I love my husband does the washing the laundry um and that's become his task and I tend to do the cooking so again sharing the load with your partner or with the people that you live in your house with Um, We've also got the kids in on it. They now get um, job money and they have to clean their rooms. Um, They have to do the recycling each week and they have to feed the cat. So we're teaching our children as well how to contribute to the house. And they're only four and six, by the way, nearly five and seven, but they're only little. So they, you know, feed the cat. They get to do recycling on, on, you know, the weekend um and do the rubbish and they have to clean and vacuum their rooms and I thought they were gonna you know 
be against all of that, but they're really into it. They love it. And then they get a few dollars. So my son who's four gets $4 and my daughter who's six gets $6 a week. And we put them in little jars for them that they get to spend or save or give to charity. Um, So that's what we do. And for anyone that doesn't know that jars principle, if you check out, um, if you check out, what's it called? Uh, The Barefoot Investor Families book. It'll talk about the jar system for kids. So hi, I'm you know, not associated to the barefoot in any way, but love it, love barefoot. And so we follow that barefoot families system, which has been really, um, has been great. But anyway, look, you know, one person once said to me, I said once, oh gosh, years ago to someone, I said, look, I can't afford to outsource. And then they said to me, you can't afford not to outsource. Sit on that, people. (laughs) You can't afford not to outsource. And now I understand what they meant. So look, it has to be something you can afford, obviously, and you have to be strategic and, and make plans around how you're going to outsource. You know, don't make the mistake if you can avoid it that I made in the beginning of outsourcing someone, giving them the wrong tasks, the wrong amount of hours and actually ending up in the red from outsourcing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about outsourcing for growth. So sit down, you know, make a plan. What do you need? What do you really need in your business to grow? What's going to give you a return in investment, a return on investment or a return in time that allows you to grow the business? Have a think, sit down and really go through your personal life, you know, and your business And make a plan and honestly, get out there and do it. (laughs) I can't recommend more outsourcing. I think it's really changed the shape of my business. It's helped me grow and it's given me the space to be creative again and to pursue projects um, that have been benched or pursue my growth strategies that were benched. So that's it. I'm all about it. So I hope that has helped you um, on how to effectively outsource. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a beautiful day. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.